Welcome to Blind Love Radio. I'm your host, Anna Rosen. Enjoy these heartfelt conversations having to do with creativity, transformation, and the divine. What's up, everybody? Thank you guys for tuning in. Today, I have a really fun guest. I have Erin Johnson on the podcast. She is a Philly-based Reiki practitioner and healer. She also has her own podcast called Living Open, which I'm sure many of you already listen to and love, as I do. Um, And we have a great conversation. We talk about vulnerability and cancer season, and I'm just going to get right into it. Um, I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a relaxed and easygoing eclipse tomorrow. Um, Don't put too much pressure on yourselves to do anything. Kind of just sit in whatever's going on. Um, If it's uncomfortable, just know that it'll pass. Um, I'm sending everyone lots of love and smooches. Alright, so I'm here with Erin from Living Open. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, hi. Thank you for having me. So, my name's Erin, and I facilitate healing here in Philly. I read tarot, I'm a breathwork facilitator, and a Reiki practitioner. So, lots of different modalities on an emotional and energetic and awareness level. Um, and I love doing this work so much. I also host a podcast, which is how everything sort of came together for me, I guess I'll say. Um, it's called the Living Open Podcast for Mystics and Seekers. And so that podcast like process and process of having that podcast has really opened me up to a lot of different things and expanded me in a lot of different ways as well. So it's been a really beautiful journey. I love your podcast. It's one of my favorites. Thank you. It has so many like amazing healers and... That feels like the core word is like, it just feels like rich with healing within it. So I love that. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That's definitely been my intention. That's awesome. So how has it been with like, I feel like just from, I've only had this podcast for maybe like six months. um, And it's just, it feels so vulnerable though. Like, getting on and just, like, talking and being seen and being heard. Can you, like, talk a little bit about, like, the the vulnerability and then maybe, like, also, like, the reason to keep doing it, even though it is scary, but, like, maybe the rewards that you get from it? Uh, yeah. (laughs) 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 Having a podcast has been such a healing experience in exactly the way that you just said, in being seen and in vulnerability. Um, Wow, where to start? Um, I guess I'll just say, like, I didn't even promote my podcast until, like, and I've had it for over three years, and I didn't even promote it until probably a 
no, like a year and a half ago. Like I'd been doing it for a good amount of time before I even like ever tried to get anybody to listen. Like people were listening. I have no idea how they found it because I never <laughs> shared it. <laughs> and that was really just it. it. I was really nervous. Like it was enough for me to be doing the thing and putting it out there. But I was like, Oh my God, but to like share it on Facebook or Instagram and have people that I actually know listening, like that's too, too much for me. I can't do that right now. Um, and honestly, like a lot of the work that I have done just in general, like through the podcast and through my spiritual practice has been around being seen. And I was just talking to some friends in uh, moon circle the other night and this was coming up and I shared, like, I remember being in high school and there was this one uh, woman that I went to school with who had started a YouTube channel and she had YouTube videos out. And I remember being with my friends and watching them and laughing at her and making fun of her. And really it was just like, she was putting herself out there, right? And she was being vulnerable and we all felt triggered by it and intimidated by it. I know I did, I'll just speak for myself and say, I absolutely felt triggered by that and felt like, well, this person is really putting themselves out there. I can't do that. So of course, what's the easiest way to like make yourself feel better about that? It's to make fun of someone. And just like that idea, I think was a, a big block for me. And I was really scared of that. I was like, oh, other people are going to be listening to my shares, laughing at me, making fun of me, like that kind of energy. Um, but just getting more comfortable with being seen in my personal life, right? And also doing a lot of work, massive work around judgment, like how I just said I was judging that person, like realizing where judgment was really um, holding me back and was spilling into every area of my life and keeping me small, judging myself really, which was reflected in how I judged other people, like untangling all of that as I'm doing like this work of having a podcast really helped me get way more comfortable being seen. Um, and now it's like, it's just fun for me. It's not scary anymore. Sometimes I sort of like up the ante and I share something that I feel like, Ooh, I feel a little <laughs> nervous about this, <laughs> about having this out there. But, uh, most of the time now it feels like really cathartic for me. And, um, when people send messages and just say, like, I felt really seen by what you shared, or this really resonates with me, I feel exactly the same way. Like, receiving those words is really beautiful, too. And it's like, I'm going to share whether or not I receive those words, right? But it is nice to just know that whatever I'm sharing is for me, but it's also for other people, too, right? That's very much like the kings in the tarot, right? It's like, I'm sharing it because it's healing for me and it feels good to share. And I'm also sharing it because other people can see that they're not alone and sharing gives other people permission to share too. Right. So I hope, does that answer your question? Yes. And I pulled the King of Swords today and uh, yeah. with the Oracle card, like freedom. So mm-hmm. like, it's like, a lot. I just love what you said, like, when you share, you give other people permission to be more of themselves and to speak up and use their voice, and I feel like it's just, like, unblocking that, like, frequency for everyone. It's just, like, chipping away at it, so it's so cool. It's just that feeling of, like, when you heal yourself, you heal the world, like, And I know that sounds, like, so, like, broad, but, like, I really feel that way. 
I feel that way too. And I love that you pulled the card freedom to go along with that because like when we let ourselves be seen and we let ourselves be vulnerable, there's so much freedom that comes with that because all the shame that we have like thrives on being hidden. And when we pull it out to the light and we let other people see our shame and our own shit and our wounds and we realize like, I'm okay. I didn't die. Yeah. I didn't die. I'm okay. Like there's so much freedom and liberation that can come from realizing that. That feels like the meat and potatoes or if you're like vegan, all of the plants <laughs> of like a spiritual life. Like it's like I think a lot of times it's like love and light is like, you know, like just I mean thinking about positive affirmations are great but if you have like if it if it's just a band-aid to cover up what you don't want to look at it's like I feel like those positive or like new ways of thinking can never fully take root it's like planting like trying to plant like a new plant in like like bad soil um so it's almost like you have to like really clean the wound out and then something new can grow um or it can heal otherwise it's not healing it's just bypassing yes totally Yeah. yeah so I love that I've totally felt that this has been like so healing having this podcast and um just like I don't know just talking because it doesn't really feel like it doesn't seem, I know a lot of people have podcasts, but I feel like a lot of them are not going, like, not using them in such a vulnerable way, though. Um, so I think it, like, kind of takes it to a different level, so I just love that. Yeah, I think, I've yeah, as I've been doing it, like, more and more, the vulnerability and like the the deep vulnerability that wasn't there in the first episode right it like started coming throughout the process but um yeah I love sharing in person over podcasts on Instagram all forms like I have a really (laughs) packed third house I was born on a Wednesday which is Mercury's day like I love to share I love that I have a super big third house too and Mm, I feel like everything's progressed into it also um so it's like I'm trying I'm trying to share a good message it feels good um I also wanted to ask you I know you stopped teaching yoga and you're doing Reiki full-time or most maybe not full-time but you could talk about that um and I just wanted to know more about like allowing things to let go that aren't in alignment for you and kind of like because that's really hard like something that you've been doing and you work toward and then really coming to terms with yourself that it's not right right now so like maybe talking a little bit about that yeah thank you for asking I would love to share about that so I my entry into like witchcraft into spirituality into the tarot into energy work all of it was through yoga first and I think that's why it was so hard for me to give it up I mean I still practice yoga but I'm not teaching yoga anymore like you said and so ever since I started doing yoga like I wanted to be a yoga teacher I was like I'm going to teach yoga and teaching yoga was a really good fit for a while and I really enjoyed it um and it really helped me expand in other ways. It was a really beautiful, like, embodied foundation for my practice. 
Um, but I just started to realize, or I guess I just started to feel really that like something wasn't there. Like I used to feel really lit up by teaching yoga. I used to feel really um, energized and nourished by teaching yoga, but I was starting to sort of dread teaching my classes. And I like wanted to deny that feeling, right? Because we're so good at that. I'm like, I don't want this to be true. So let me pretend it's not, but like, that's not how it works, you know? Um, and afterwards too, I would feel really drained. And um, that was new for me. And I finally just started to realize like, okay, something about this isn't right. Something about this isn't right. And really what it was that I can see and know now is like, I had just attached a lot of my identity to being a yoga teacher because like I said, that was like my first entry. I loved yoga. I had always wanted to be a yoga teacher. Um, and so that was sort of just like wrapped up in me, in who I am. And so it did feel like a loss to let that go and to say, okay, I'm not a yoga teacher. I don't even want to teach yoga. This practice isn't what I'm here in this lifetime to be sharing with people. And really, it turns out teaching yoga was just a gateway for me to teaching and facilitating in other ways. And as I started to get more excited and deeper into that work like reading tarot facilitating like deeper ritual experiences more meditative experiences um the yoga piece just started to like want to die but i was trying to revive it right when i finally let it go it cleared up so much space in my life for all of these other things that i do feel really nourished by all of this other work that feels like oh this is the work that i'm here in this lifetime to be doing and it's okay if I thought that was yoga and it turns out it's not it's okay if I think it's what I'm doing now and it turns out it's not and it's actually something else um but that's what it is for me right now and uh, yeah I think it just gets hard when we like get really attached to something and our ego clings to it and it's like I'm a yoga teacher and I think part of it too was like being a yoga teacher was something really easy and like socially respected I guess that I could say to people you know like um when I'm meeting like my partner's work colleagues or like my Lyft driver or whoever it is to be able to be like oh what do you do and I'm like oh, I'm a yoga teacher like that's so easy people get it people don't think it's weird and now I don't have anything like that to say right <laughs> <laughs> I only have pretty weird things to say and so a little bit of safety I feel like um I had to release there at least a little bit of comfort, right? Um, mm -hmm. And I can't, I can't rely on that anymore. Yeah, I love all of that. And I feel like you have such a beautiful way of just allowing yourself to evolve, mm -hmm. which is really beautiful. And I feel like I need to remember that because whenever I get like stuck in one of these cycles where like something isn't serving me anymore, um, I'll focus too much on what isn't serving me instead of focusing on like what does light me up. It's like yeah. such a simple shift, but it's really hard to do because it is leaving that comfort zone. Even though it's like, why wouldn't we do that? Right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> if we trusted that everything would work out and be okay, we would do that every time. That's the hard part. Uh, it is such a big like lesson in trust. Trusting in the universe that it's like you'll be taken care of. 
Yeah, and I think to me, like, I also just always have to remember, and this is like a magical principle, right, that like, sacrifice is always required to get something or to create something. It's like, we always have to clear space if we're going to step into something else because, okay, energy is infinite, yes, but the amount of energy and time and space that we actually have as these human beings is not. And if I want to lean more into, like, this work that I'm doing now, Reiki and all of that stuff, but I'm actually spending so much of my time dreading teaching yoga and then teaching yoga and feeling exhausted by teaching yoga where is the space for that side of my work to grow it's like something has to clear if something else is going to come in that's beautiful so that kind of like feels like the eclipse vibes that are going on a little bit um this process of clearing to allow like something new in. do you have any like like how's it been feeling for you like the cancer eclipse and um just cancer season in general and any cancer thoughts at all (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah yesterday was really intense for me I didn't know if I was going to share this but I think I want to um it was really intense I did my own breathwork practice and I thought it was going to be about something completely different and I started breathing and I just like found myself sobbing and I was curled up in a fetal position and I was just saying over and over again, mom, I need you, mom, I need you, mom, I need you. And I was just crying so hard saying, mom, I need you. And you probably know this because you listen to my podcast, but you know, my parents are very religious. Like my relationship with my mom is, is not close at all. And when this came up, I just felt so sad. Like I felt all this grief and it just really connected for me. Like my mom thinks I don't need her because of the way that I've acted, right? Like she didn't just come up with that. Like I made her believe that I don't need her and I have believed that I don't need her, but that's not really true. I really do need her. And that's something like a core thing inside of me that isn't going away that I feel like I'm really missing but that I don't want to admit, right, because I mean, for many, many ego-based reasons. And so I, um, I called my mom after that, and we talked, and we both cried, and I just told her, like, I do, I need you. And um, that was really vulnerable for me because I've always been, my mom said on the phone, she was like, I knew ever since you were a toddler, you had a very powerful spirit and I've always thought that you were just so strong and independent and that you don't need me. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I am strong and independent, but I still need you. And I think at some point, I mean, I won't go into like the whole thing, but I can pinpoint in my heart really a couple of points with both of my parents in my life where I, um, shut off from them and decided not to be vulnerable with them in order to protect myself. Um, And I'm just now really this year unpeeling those things and going deep with that with both of my parents and what just came up with this eclipse was all around my mom. And like, I just told her when we were on the phone, like, I'm so scared that you're going to die and we're not going to know each other. 
And um, that's true. Like, that's really how I feel. That's really scary for me. And that's really what came through. Like, when I was curled up crying, saying, Mom, I need you. I was like, my mom is here and alive now. And we don't really talk. We don't know each other. Um, and that that is unacceptable to me. That can't be. Um, and, of course, acknowledging my own responsibility and my own role in that. And uh, we had a really beautiful deeply healing conversation and I was completely exhausted after that this is all happening before like 11 a.m I was like exhausted (laughs) (laughs) and I still had I had like sessions booked like that afternoon so I like did those and then I just like got acupuncture and rested and it was a very intense day but um yeah I felt really raw and really tender but wow. it was all very cancer, right? Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's so yeah. vulnerable and beautiful. Um, wow, that's so strong, too. It's like what we think is strong is like putting up walls when I feel like in reality it's like taking them down. And just another one of those like really letting ourselves be seen. I feel like sometimes it's hardest to be seen by the ones we love too. Um, Because it's like because we care so deeply what they think and we want them to love us. and, And being okay that it's not perfect also but making the connection anyway regardless I feel like takes so much courage and strength so that's so beautiful thank you yeah I definitely agree with that about the people who are closest to us like that can be the hardest part um and I've had a lot of realizations around vulnerability and like how vulnerable I think I am this year it's been a big it's been a big year every year's a big year but it's been a big year (laughs) um and realizing too like that I thought I was being super vulnerable with my partner because I share a lot, but realizing I still had that wall up around feeling in front of him or feeling with him. Like my, uh, what I really do is more so like I feel something and I'm like, okay, I'm going to handle that. I'm going to take care of that. And I have my own process, right? I cry, I journal, I do whatever my practice is on my own. And then like the vulnerable piece is like, going back and sharing about that but I really realized like but I'm not actually letting them see me fall apart I'm not actually letting them support me in the moment I'm still being like okay I don't need anyone I can take care of it myself and I can but should I is that really like helpful for me I don't really think so at this point so so many realizations around vulnerability with the people we're really close to recently Yeah, that's so beautiful with just, like, thinking about relationships and, like, um, the difference between, like, good boundaries and shutting people out, even even if they're, like, disguised as good boundaries, because I feel like you could very easily be like, well, I need, like, boundaries for my emotions, (laughs) you know? Uh Uh-huh, yep. (laughs) And, like, I'm practicing good boundaries, like, get out of here. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, because it's so much more uncomfortable. I got, like, so sad last night. Like, it was, like, the moment the sun came down, I, like, 
I skipped lunch so my body was already like really tired and just like not I feel like not able to like process all of the energy that was coming in from the eclipse um and I just got like so sad and feeling so depressed and like my husband is like what is wrong and I kept being like I'm so sorry like I'm really sorry I'm not feeling well like I'm sorry I'm so grumpy. And he's like, it's fine. Like, you do this for me. Like, you hold space for me all the time. It's like, just let me, like, cook you dinner. And, like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. We don't always have to be, like, happy around the ones we love. It's like, that's not real then. And I feel like it makes no, like, it's not real. It's, then you're living a lie. And it's like, you know, it's so much, it's so much richer when you have real meaningful relationships and like can actually live your truth, even if it's not pretty. Oh, yeah. What I've really been feeling into with that is like, I'm cutting off so many opportunities for deeper intimacy with the people that I love when I do that. That's like so beautiful and what a deep experience to like just be with your husband and to allow yourself to really receive like that's an experience that deepens intimacy right it doesn't at least in my opinion to be like oh I'm fine like let's just I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry or like I'm fine let's just like carry it you know like that's just shutting it down rather than going deep together it is and in like I don't mind doing that for him And it's, like, I feel like it's helped me grow as a person when I'm able to, like, hold space for him in that way. And I feel like, also, I'm shutting that down for him to be able to do that and, like, grow through our relationship then. And that's not really, you know, it's just not, that's not healthy. So that was, I feel you on that. So what, um... Let's talk a little bit about tarot. Like, have you been pulling any cards? Like, what's your tarot practice like right now? Have you been, like, going through a specific card that keeps, like, coming up or working with a certain archetype? Yeah, that's interesting that you ask. Um, I have a pretty consistent practice of, like, pulling a card every day. Um, I'll usually do one, I don't do a lot of like in-depth readings for myself, I'll usually do one around like the new moon or, well, not always the new moon, sometimes it's, I'll usually do it like once in the, throughout a lunar cycle, right? Because I'm always like, okay, I sometimes rely too much on information Mm-hmm. Um, and the tarot is like an intuitive tool right but sometimes I like want to give all of my power away to my tools and I'm like okay <laughs> one reading a month is enough um but actually I've been traveling a lot over the past couple weeks and I have not really been pulling cards and that's felt really weird and as I'm looking over I have my tarot deck with the card I pulled this morning um the seven of pentacles out mm. and um the, I have a special relationship, I feel like, with the sevens because that's my, like, life path number. That's my... Um, I think I am, card, too. Right? Oh, a seven? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think the sevens are really beautiful and sometimes really frustrating. <laughs> I feel like they're, like, hard to get a grasp of, at least for me. 
Yeah, you know, I feel that way about the chariot specifically, and it's just because I think I'm just too close to it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it's hard to really understand a card when you're really in it, and when it's, like, your birth card, you're really in it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just, your essence is really in it. So, are, is your birth card the chariot? Yeah, it is. Ooh, I love that. I think that's my husband's. Oh, okay, Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so, yeah, sure. tell me about it. Yeah, yeah. So, how I'm, well, I'll say this about these like longer cycle cards, birth cards, cards of the year, that their meanings, I think, take on different, um, or we see, we experience different facets of the energy, right, throughout our lifetime or throughout months, if it's a card of the year, whatever it is. And so, right now, I feel like I'm really relating to the chariot as this experience of really directing your willpower right with the chariot it's like i see the chariot and strength as two different sides of power mm. of like our power with strength being that softer that more receptive power that we were sort of talking about right the power that comes um or that we get to access and the strength that we get to access from letting go and from softening and opening our hearts and from being vulnerable that kind of strength and the power we connect with there versus the chariot being that more active side of power right the mm -hmm. way that we connect with our power to move us forward to take us into our vision and into our dreams and where we want to go there's that much more like pushing energy with the chariot and I think for most of my life I've really like embodied that side of the chariot I also have an Aries moon so that's like very present for me that energy of like making things happen which is definitely a gift um and just like having the drive and desire and will to make things happen mm -hmm. um but it's really been like a softening of how I've related to the chariot over the past couple of years as like okay like I feel like I am <laughs> a master at this energy of pushing forward and directing my will and like using that side of myself okay but how do I soften into the other side um of strength and of power and um of creating our dreams and our vision and so stepping into that balance so really feeling into like okay what can I balance the chariot out with um if that makes sense has really been present for me it's really interesting because, like, hearing you talk about that, it almost makes me think of, like, the first thing that came to mind was, like, oh, the chariot is kind of, like, putting out energy, whereas, like, the strength card almost feels like a taking in of energy. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, their astrological, um, I guess, uh, rulers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, would be like cancer for the chariot which almost feels more like something coming in and then leo like putting something out with the strength card so maybe it's that like i remember i think i heard Lindsay mack say on somewhere that it's what you're trying to learn rather than what you're already good at with those astrological associations so that kind of makes sense whereas like it would be kind of like trying to lean into the other. Did I just like, was that confusing? No, I think I get what you're saying. Um, and I think everyone also has their own sort of like 
way of relating to the birth cards, right? And then there are all these other cards, like the teacher card or, you know, all of that stuff. I don't know if you've read any of Mary Kay Greer's books where she, like, really goes into all of that. Um, But, yeah, I think that kids are ruling for the chariot just shows, like, the other side of the chariot, which is, like, that protective energy. When we think about the chariot, it's also, like, the end of the first line of the major arcana. So it's, like, this revisiting point of, like, okay, what pieces do I need to shed to step into the next line? Like a reflection. I'm sorry? Like a reflection, like that water element. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. The cancer is, like, so, like I said, I do Reiki a lot, and so (laughs) I do Reiki a lot. That was a weird way of saying that, but um, (laughs) when I'm at, like, someone's rib cage, like, that's really where I feel into the energy of cancer in the body, and that's exactly what the rib cage does, right? Like, it's protecting the soft organ. Oh. Like, where is protection good boundaries, and where is protection hiding? Yes, the themes of the month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I know with like tarot, when I do like a couple readings in a day, I feel like you'll get like one or two cards that'll come up for everyone. Do you feel like that happens kind of with Reiki where like, I don't know how it would manifest, but, like, a similar string of energy that you're able to feel, like, in the collective? That's interesting. Yeah, um, I do. It's, like, it's, like, whether it's tarot or Reiki or breathwork, it always feels like people are working on the same stuff, and it's usually the stuff that I'm working on, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, when I was doing Reiki at Spirit Weavers, um, the gathering in Oregon a couple weeks ago, it was like most of the people who came to me were feeling disconnected from their body, having trouble getting into their body, and they weren't connecting with pleasure, and they were uh, having a difficult time connecting with their anger. All things that I was working on at the same time. And it feels like that always happens. It's like the people who come to work with you are like mirrors, right? Like they're they're right there with you too. And everyone is so connected. We're all like swimming in the same energetic soup, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I definitely feel that. And when, yeah, when I do tarot readings, like a lot of the same cards will come up too. It feels very magnetic. Yeah. Like you're being drawn to them or they're being drawn to you um through that energy it's almost like sticky yeah yeah and so like I learned so much from my clients like so much well, <laughs> hopefully they're learning something from me too it's so much <laughs> easier really to like see in other people rather than see for yourself too yeah yeah and it's also like there is no hierarchy right just because like I'm facilitating healing or offering something that doesn't mean anything like I am also in a position of receiving from other people in different contexts right we're all facilitating and receiving in like this dance and balance so of course the people who come to see us also have something to teach us and offer to us if we're willing to experience it and hear it yeah so how do you I've kind of been thinking about like this idea of filling up your own cup and what that really means and like when you're doing energy work it's like even though it feels fulfilling like you're still giving of yourself um I just like I guess I'm asking like what sort of like thoughts or practices do you have to like 
what does that even mean to you to like fill up your own cup so you have like in terms of your spiritual work yeah so I would be nowhere and I would not be able to do this work at all without having like a very solid daily practice for myself a daily spiritual practice and that's just like regardless of where I'm at um if I'm like traveling or whatever like I still have my practice and the shape of the practice might change right like what I do um some mornings I need like journaling some mornings I need breath work like some mornings I need dancing a lot of times it's a combination of many things but like the container's always there right? so I always have that practice just to check in with myself and to give myself what I need and um yeah I would not be able to do <laughs> any of the work that I do without that and I've also been really connecting with um pleasure recently Connecting with pleasure, yeah. (laughs) Pleasure has been, like, the big – I mean, okay, I'm, like, healing a million things at once, I feel like, because I've said this about several things, but it's been another big theme Mm -hmm. of this year is, like, okay, what pleasure do I allow myself? What's my relationship with pleasure? There's Um, so much shame attached to pleasure. There's so much shame attached to pleasure, yes, absolutely. Oh, my God, like, if we feel good, then we are bad people, and we should only have so much, or else we're greedy. Mm-hmm. And yes. that makes us, like, you know, it's like we're giving it out too much, and then, like, we're being tainted by it, by, like, how much joy we have. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there's like so much to that, right? I actually had this experience when I was at Spirit Weavers um, the night before I had had this like, I won't get all into it, but there was this uh, woman who was leading this experience called Pleasure Stacking. And it was really beautiful and it was really deep and I experienced a lot of pleasure and it was very sensual. It was very embodied. It felt really good. And the next day, I felt so much shame bubble up and it actually surprised me, but I felt these little shame bubbles rise to the surface and be like, that was bad. You don't deserve to receive pleasure. You are bad. All of this stuff was coming up and I was like, wait, (laughs) wait, 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 no, like, no, this is just like all the programming that I have, particularly about around like being raised and socialized as a woman, right? Like we get this whole other like, delightful uh, set of projections presented to us where like we're supposed to be givers right like we're not supposed to receive pleasure like that's something that we are supposed to like offer to other people oh but not such a big them. theme yeah <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> such yeah. bullshit <laughs> bullshit absolutely yeah but it's like oh that's still living in me somewhere because it's rising up now that's still hidden deep somewhere Yeah, I feel like this whole thing is still, like, even though we're in, like, 2019, it's still, like, such in the shadows. Um, And I feel like there's so little progress being made about it. Maybe that's just me being, like, pessimistic. But I worked at a sex shop um, when I was, like, 18. So, like, selling sex toys and like, sex toys of all kinds, and it was, like, in our little town, and not little town, I mean, I live in a pretty big place, but, um, like, it made me realize that, like, 
everybody does it and like it completely took um I guess it's like it it lifted the veil of like everybody's secrets about it because you're seeing everybody come in there from teachers to uh just everybody you know and it's like people that you think would shame you about it but and maybe they are still putting out that message even though they're engaging but it like kind of like made it all on like this level playing field of like seeing how normal it was I think that was really it was just like a normalizing of sex and like realizing sex is not bad it is not this dirty little secret that should be kept um kept in you know, behind closed doors. I mean, if that's like what, you know, that's fine if that's what you feel comfortable with, but there's nothing to be ashamed of about it. And really like seeing that everybody engages in it and remembering that. And I feel like that kind of like lessens the shame of it. But then it's like, I felt so much like that when I was working there. But then like, when I stopped working there, it was like, everybody, you go back to forgetting that because you're not seeing it on a daily basis that like, everybody's engaging with it. It's like you're it like falls back behind the curtain. And you um, I don't know. And then if you bring it up, it's like, it's just it ends up being weird because people are so there's so much stigma around it even though every freaking person does it and it's not bad um that was kind of a rant but no I love it (laughs) (laughs) can I say one of the things that I learned recently yeah I'm gonna like mess up what language or like what um yeah, version of English this is actually from, but you can Google it if, like, anybody wants to figure out exactly what, like, old English or whatever this is, but, like, the word whore originally meant one who desires. Oh, I love that. Like, how good is that? Yeah, one who desires. Yes, and, like, realize, I feel like desire is so connected to your heart, too, Mm -hmm. and, like, when we close off our desire, we close off our heart. And then it's like how it's like we're not connecting in a real way then. I don't know. Like just that was such a fun year for me because I feel like my relationships got so much more intimate in not like a sexually intimate way, but just like a vulnerability way um, of like really, I guess, serving the community in that way felt really good. Yeah, it sounds like you were really opening in that experience. I think so. Yeah. Um, so what is your card of the year for this year? My card of the year for this year is the fool. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, tell me how that feels like very like in line with what you just shared too. Like jumping into yeah. this like workshop that you didn't really I don't know if you knew anything about it or not, but um like a new experience yes this year has been a very full it's been a full year and it's been a full f-o-l-l year um I feel like I've had so many experiences that have required me 
to get out of my comfort zone, right? That have required me to like step into step into the unknown, really, and that have required me to get more comfortable trusting, get more comfortable not attaching to an outcome and to just like really be along for the ride. I feel like that's very full. It's like I just want to see where this takes me. And like I've always had a little bit of that, but this year has really like pushed me into that in a lot of ways, like internally and externally. And um, in my practice, I know people do it differently. I don't know how you do it, but I say I step into my card of the year on my birthday. My birthday's in October, so like I've been mm-hmm. in the pool since October, and I'll uh, step into another card in this October. And so I feel like I've had a pretty good amount of time in this archetype and like embodying this archetype, playing around with this archetype, stepping into their invitations. And I think that's one of the reasons that I feel like I've expanded so much this year and healed a lot of stuff this year, a lot of really old um, things, a lot of reprogramming that has happened has just been because I've been able to really step into that unknown space within myself and outside of myself. And I think it's also been a very like experiential year, like healing, not just new things. Yeah, exactly. Like not just healing by like, through those internal um, practices, right? Like meditation or like even like shadow work done in front of my altar in my room, but like in a more experiential, like tactile way out in the world, like going to experiences, like trying things out in actual life, um, healing in that sense that feels uh, really related to the fool and has felt really beautiful and deep too. That's so cool. Do you feel like it has, because I feel like, is the Fool ruled by Uranus? It is, yeah. Do you feel like with Uranus moving into Taurus, I don't know where Taurus is in your birth chart, but have you thought at all about, like, I don't know, any changes that have happened with that? Wait, that's so funny because I actually haven't, but um, (laughs) Uranus is my ninth house. And it is my South Node and my Lilith are there. And actually, the Lilith feels uh, oh, really yeah, relevant. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, I haven't thought about that, like, at all. But I love that you brought that up. I'm going to have to dive deeper into that later. Yeah, that feels very relevant. Yeah. Actually, the Lilith really, really is hitting home right now. <laughs> yeah. Can you – do you have any, like, thoughts about how you relate to Lilith in general – and I don't know, any thoughts on that archetype? Yeah, so should I explain what Lilith is? Or like yeah, Lilith? why not? Yeah. So at least as far as I know and how I relate to Lilith, um, the story is basically that we all have probably heard the story of Adam and Eve, but actually before Eve, Lilith was in the Garden of Eden and she ended up making the choice to leave the garden because she realized she would never be equal with Adam there. She was always going to be lesser. She was always going to be number two. She was never going to be seen as or treated as or valued as equal. And so she made the choice to leave the garden, which took away all of this like safety and protection, right? And so then she was sort of like demonized, right? And there have been all these stories since then about her being like a demon and having like demon babies and like killing babies and like all this really like scary stuff but really what it was was that she was like 
a sexually empowered woman and didn't want to be anyone's number two and wanted to be equal. And the conditions of staying in the garden were unacceptable to her. And so she left. Yeah, so that's how that story sort of came out. Yeah. <laughs> that feels very like fool archetype too. Yeah, and so related to what we've been talking about, uh-huh. about desire, right? Like Lilith is one who desires, absolutely. And so am I. Um, and yeah, um, having that in Taurus is really interesting too, I think, because Taurus is so Ooh, much. shame of about- the body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what we value and pleasure too. Yes. Ooh, I love that. I have it in Scorpio in the 12th house. Ooh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. <yes>. <laughs> I feel like I've totally gone through the same thing of feeling shamed about sexual experiences and really um knowing that it doesn't devalue me in any way as a spiritual being Mm -hmm. because I feel like so many times it's like purity is the highest virtue in spirituality and like if anything's not like quote-unquote pure then it's lesser than but like that's just bullshit and I think really yeah, just dropping the shame about that and, like, you know, knowing that I am equal and not, um, not, like, judging myself and, and also not judging other people, too. Um, like, realizing that we all have dark things, um... And I don't want to say, like, sex is dark, but, like, if it, you know, if there was some sexual trauma that you had, um, and that can be dark, and I feel like just knowing that that doesn't make you broken, um, that you're still a whole person, you're still a whole spiritual being, um, I think that's kind of been how it's been, like, playing out for me. Which has been cool, but a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's so much that I want to say about that. Um, I think what you're really speaking to is that energy of, like, purity, is that a lot of mainstream, like, new agey spirituality is not about the body, right? And it's a lot about, like, upper chakras, like, transcendence, like, all of that type of stuff. And, like, okay, that's all good. Um... But I think to me, what I really connect with is the body being spiritual, fucking being spiritual. Sorry, hope I can say that on here. No, <laughs> our can. wildness and like our primal nature being spiritual too. Like that's not separate or something to transcend. But like, yes, me, that's something I want to embody and live in. Yeah, and realizing, yeah, totally. I just cannot say anything better than you said because <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> Um, And I think, like, also, like, counterbalancing it, like, even, like, rooting more into the body to counteract it. Um, I just love what you said. The body is spiritual and not um, judging the body, shaming the body. Because everybody has, like, things they don't like about their body. Um, But just allowing it to be there 
and like honoring it. I feel like that's been like a big thing with me lately is not judging emotions or especially the way I feel about my body because I feel like I've tried so hard to change it to fit into what I thought like if I change it to be this way then it'll make me happy and I feel like I've done that so many times and I've seen that that doesn't make me happy that now I see that that pattern is still there like that ever chasing this this way that like my body can like mold to be something that I think will make me happy but like realizing that's just like it's not true and then not shaming myself for like getting into that cycle because you know I feel like it's so programmed by society too that it's hard to get away from it um but just like seeing it letting it be there but not like attaching to that and really understanding that that's not real yeah that was kind of long-winded no I said that was long-winded no that's great (laughs) what came up for me is this idea of like the way we relate to our bodies is often like when you're different I'll love you and that's like that's not it you know yes it's not And I think just, like, uh, it just really falls into, like, self-acceptance and, like, accepting your whole self for who you really are and really, like, getting to know what really, what is happiness to you. It might not be, like, what we thought it was also. Um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think the body is a huge teacher for us and that so much lives in the body, like our happiness, like you mentioned, like our sadness, our, we have all of our feelings stored in our body and when we can connect with our body and see our body as a teacher and want to learn from it rather than reject it and want, want it to constantly be different than it is, like there's such a well of wisdom that lives there um and i think the body has a lot to share with us about who we are and what we need um and what happiness is for us what is fulfilling for us like because the ego right and like fear all of that stuff like those those voices in our heads are there they're in our heads but they're not when we get deep into the body and really let ourselves be in that space Does that make sense? Yeah, and I feel like that's, like, why when you're, like, in a really great yoga class, like, you can kind of detach, maybe not detach from the mind, but not let it, like, lead you everywhere. It's like you're leading with your body instead. Yeah. Which is beautiful. I could talk to you all day. but (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable, and I loved all of your stories, and you had such great insights. Um, Can you, oh, I want to ask you one last question, because I hear you ask everybody on your podcast, but I want to know what living open means to you. Ah! many things to me over you know years but I think right now what I really feel about living open is this um this idea that I don't need to 
attached to an outcome that I don't need to identify a place where I want to be um, or a place where I need to go and like map out the dots to get there that I just need to feel into what's right right now and take that step and then the next one that feels right and the next one that feels right and rather than going somewhere that like my mind has identified as somewhere I should be um, letting my heart and my intuition and my experience just show me the way and trusting that and experiencing and opening up to all the magic that comes um, from living that way I love that I needed to hear that that was perfect (laughs) thank you for asking yeah can you tell everyone where they can find you and connect with you Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at E-R-Y-N-J underscore, um, and my website is living-open.com. That has all the information you could possibly need about my podcast and sessions and events and workshops, all that kind of stuff. Perfect. Thank you so much, Erin. Thank you so much for having me. This was so beautiful. It's so nice to connect with you. Yeah, it was so fun talking with you. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. Definitely listen to Erin's podcast, Living Open. Connect with her on the gram, E-R-Y-N-J underscore. If you want to connect with me, at Blind Love Tarot. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review it. It can help other people find this podcast and enjoy it and listen to it just like you are. Spread the love. Spread the goodness. Sending you love. Bye.